0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Prime Time with Sean Mooney, coming off another great week of a great guest, a tremendous guest on the podcast. Uh, I really think Fred Ottman is going to remain one of my favorites here on the program, not just because he's an incredible person, but if you listen to that uh, podcast, I hope you enjoyed hearing those awesome stories about how he got started in the business and then about... uh, the Shockmaster gimmick was, was great, and just hearing about his time in the WWF, uh, WWE was awesome. If you haven't listened yet to that podcast, go back and uh, be sure to do that because Fred Ottman was a great guest, and uh, he has a great sense of humor. And I'll tell you, I saw him in person. He still looks great, so we'll be checking back in with Fred sometime uh, down the road. Now, I know I keep saying it, but it's absolutely true. We have another awesome guest that's going to join us this week the one and only Birdman, Coco Beware. Uh, We're going to get to Coco in just a couple, but before we welcome him in, I want to again remind you uh, how you can get in touch with me via Twitter at SeanMooneyWho, and then, of course, you can email me at primetime at MLW.com, and the reason that that is so important this week is because my producer, Casey Jeromebeck, is putting together an end-of-the-year Best of Primetime bonus show that we're just going to put up. I don't know the exact date yet. I will let you know that very soon, but what I need you all to do is to let us know what you would like to have included in that bonus show Uh, through all the programs that we did uh, prior to this one, all the podcasts, some of the moments that really stand out uh, to you and we'll play those segments. And, uh, also I'm going to talk to Casey about this, but I think we've got a little bonus material that we might throw in there that, that didn't make some of the podcasts. I think you really would like to, uh, Hear that. So think about it. And once again, you can get in touch with me by uh, emailing me at primetime at mlw.com or by Twitter, if you can put it all down in the allotted 280 characters or whatever they give you, uh, you can do it there, okay? Also, we've been telling you about this contest. We are so close, so close to the 500 likes to our Facebook page. Not bad, considering we launched it just a few weeks ago. And as promised, I'm going to give away one of the unreleased Unseen Matches DVDs uh, But we're just a few likes shy So if you haven't already Go to the Primetime with Sean Mooney Facebook page and like us And then I'm going to randomly pick a winner And then I am uh, That winner I'm going to sign the DVD And I'm going to send it to you Wherever you may be in the world Now even if uh, by next podcast We've passed the 500 mark I will still throw all those names in there Uh, They will be included with a chance To win that DVD but now it's time to get to the main event. All right. As you know, if you're a loyal listener to the program, you're aware that I certainly had some great mentors and people I was close to during my time with the WWF, WWE. Among them, of course, Lord Alfred Hayes, you know, Gorilla Monsoon, Gene Oakland, and a lot of people behind the scenes, but, you know, really very few wrestlers. And most of that was by choice. Uh, as I have mentioned before, you know, I was very aware of the fact that I wasn't one of the boys and uh, I thought it was really better to maintain, a, you know, kind of a level of professionalism around them, around the wrestlers. But there were a few, you know, who I worked with a lot, who I really uh, got along well with and, you know, who I considered as friends and who helped me out a lot during the time that I was with the WWF. And that would certainly include uh, my guest today, Coco Beware. Uh, Coco, thank you so much for coming on primetime. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing fine, Sean. What do you mean, Sean? that you wasn't one of the boys.
0: Well, you know, when you were uh, an announcer or if you were, uh, you know, uh, somebody that worked outside of the ring who had never stepped in the ring.
1: uh, Yeah. But Sean, we consider, we consider you one of the boys because that's the reason why the Birdman Coco beware uh, reached out to you and, and, and you became my friend because you, you showed me that you was one of the boys and that, you could be, you could be uh, a, a person that that you enjoy being around and all that stuff. I yeah. mean, come on, you you were still one of the boys. I mean, golly, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm saying a, I'm saying i mouthful because I'm telling you the truth though. But I wouldn't associate with you if you wasn't one of the boys. And I'm talking about one of the real group of guys. Yep. I'm not talking about just uh, just you know okay so 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 so. I mean, you you showed me your true colors and stuff like that. And I felt that, that we got along great. And that's why I consider you one of the way you was one of my friends. Instead of saying one of the boys, you was one of my main friends.
0: Well, man, you know, Coco, that, that really means a lot to me. It does. Because that is, uh, it's a, it's a tough fraternity to uh, be able to be accepted in, in that world. It's a tough world. And, uh, you know, I always respected what you guys did in the ring. And I think that, uh, you know, it took a while, but eventually I think you guys realized that. And, um, you know, and, and we, we really did uh, have uh, a tremendous time during that period of time. But there weren't a lot of guys that I got close to. And and just for a lot of different reasons, I wasn't on the road as much as you guys were. But uh, you and I, you right. know, we really did hit it off. And, and I always loved uh, what you did in the ring. And you were always so positive. Uh, about what you were doing, you were always so thankful and grateful for what you had in your life, and I think that you know that was one one of the things that I really uh, liked about you when
1: uh, you right. know, I was working with you. Back know, in the day. I mean, I, we all know that. I mean, you 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 know uh, you're announcing, commentating, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, it hasn't changed even right now, <laughs> and what I'm saying. But you have different announcers. You had the Gorilla Monsoon. You had the Gene Oakland. You know, you have the Lance Russell. You have Dave Brown. But you know what? I put you, I put you up there with with the best of them, Sean. Because, I mean, hey, they just they they really did not give you an opportunity to really get out of there and do your 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 thing. I mean, they just kind of just kind of, okay, you're the front man or whatever you, you know, okay. But you weren't the main character, but you could have took Gene Ockel's spot anytime. time.
0: Well, I, I appreciate that. But like I say, there's Gene and then there's the rest of us. But I really did uh, enjoy uh, getting the chance to go out there. And, and, and I, I really took pride in the, in the uh, you know, kind of announcing I was able to do that. I was able to put you guys over when you did these interviews and we had the event center. And then I get to go to... You know the uh, the live events, the pay-per-views, and we got to do some you know great interviews. I always love doing those, and they were, I really do think that they did add, uh, you know, back in the day to those storylines that I don't, you know, I don't know if they really capture that uh, the same way they did back then because uh, you know it really they really allowed you guys as characters to develop. They really allowed you to you know uh, not only whatever the the storyline was going on, but that character that that the, the audience really could identify with.
1: Because it was real. That character was real. I mean, it wasn't just everybody today just kind of, you know, get in line. Everybody kind of say the same thing, walk the same thing, uh, turn to the right, turn to the left. Uh, everything is just programmed. Yeah. And, and but you know what, I still, I you know what, I, you can't knock success, so I'm not knocking those guys. I, in yeah, fact, no. you know they still they still they, they still doing tremendous business, and so let's let's keep my hat I tip my head off to them. Hey, like, you know, more power to the new generation. Go yeah, well, and,
0: I, and I've heard you comment before that you say you see some of the the things that they do in the ring now, and you're like, oh, you know, my goodness, how in the world, you know, because it is right. incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that they didn't do that kind of uh, stuff right. back then, but you know, I don't know.
1: Exactly, you know, and and uh, and I know we have to change with time and stuff like that, but I think they have great talent up there, and and uh, but the only thing we just didn't have, we didn't have to do the storylines and stuff like that, and we drew ninety three thousand people without storyline. I mean, without script, script writers what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so that's what made it so you know that's talent to me where you can go out there and draw ninety three thousand people and know how to read those scripts. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I really wanted. we're going to get into talking about uh, your days with the WWF, but um, one thing that my listeners are always very interested in is how you got there. And, uh, you know, I know you started pretty early in your life, but give us kind of, you know, the background, What you know, growing up, uh, I know you grew up in uh, Union City, uh, Tennessee, uh, you know, what that was like. I don't know if you had a lot of... Uh, siblings or family, you know, what your family was like, and then how you eventually uh, found wrestling.
1: Well, I had two sisters coming up, and it was just only three of us. I was the only male, I've owned a son uh, of my parents. And, and you know what? Uh, for some reason, son, I just felt in love with professional wrestling when it came to my hometown every Thursday night. I mean, mm-hmm. I had to be there. And I just fell in love with it, and I and that's what I just as a kid just coming up said, hey, that's what I wanted to be. I want to be a I want to be a wrestler. Told my mother and father, I want to be a wrestler. I want to be a wrestler. You know, I got to I got to be this character. You know, back then it was I'm gonna say some wrestlers' name you probably haven't heard of, Jackie Fargo. I'm gonna mention Jerry Lawler, the King Jerry Lawler back oh, yeah. then. He was he was a young buck then, but he was like playing one of my Favorite because uh, I wanted to be like him, especially when he came out with. I think referee one night took around like maybe ten or fifteen chain off of him. You know, that found chain and then some a, a long chain in his boots so and chain <laughs> in his trunk. Right and man, he had he had chain everywhere. His chain. So I I thought that was the greatest thing, and. uh and so I found it and, and I prayed about it, prayed about it. And you know what, it, 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 it happened. And one, one, um, one Sunday afternoon, I was just riding my little bike, uh, down at the, where the wrestling building where where they have it. This was on a Sunday evening. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I, when I heard some noise, I, man, it sounds like they're wrestling in there. I said, "This is not Thursday night. This is Sunday evening." So I kind of work. Uh, went around the back, and uh, kind of just peeped in. They kind of had the door cracked a little bit. I peeped in, and I saw the guys. You know, it's just more guys. What even, even Jerry Lawler? or What even Jackie Fargo? Or any of those guys? But in one row, it wasn't those guys like that. Uh, it was just a, another group of guys. Was just was just in there working out. Oh. And to become a young wrestlers. you know. Now, how old are you at this point?
0: How old are you at that now? time?
1: I guess it was around like maybe fifteen, sixteen.
0: Right. Now, were, old, were you were a pretty good athlete? I imagine you must have been a good athlete. Did you play any other sports, or were you just interested? Oh, yeah, in... I played.
1: Yeah, I played. Uh, I played football. I was I was a, a nose guard for for uh for the tornadoes of Union City tornadoes.
2: And man, I was <laughs> yeah. one heck
1: of a no nose guard. I was
2: yeah
1: I was the only no I was the only lineman that ever scored a touchdown because I had a got a fumble one night and I ran the ball in for a touchdown. <laughs> and I was just I was so quick that they couldn't believe that I would I could have my hands on the quarterback. By the time he the center hikes the ball to him, I had I was already in the air and uh, had my hands on the quarterback and the referee never did throw a flag and that I, I went across the line too fast and all that yeah. stuff.
2: Yeah. He
1: was, that was just incredible, you know, and I was, and that's where I got the name. That was part of the name Coco and all that stuff. And so, and, and back then I was, uh, I was only black America on the team. Really? You know? Yes. And, african-american let me say that in yeah. the back i will say i'm i don't say i don't ever say african-american excuse me i always say a black American because i don't know anything about african
0: <laughs> okay it was
1: by, by just going and 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 i've been there before and just diff- seeing different sites but i i consider myself as a black american and i was the only one on the team at the time and i was just and I I love playing football. I, I just saw it, and and uh, and they really started pushing me. And, and and at the time, I was Coco Kid when I started out, not not playing football but playing wrestling. That was my wrestling and Coco Kid. Yeah. And, so you uh, you went to this
0: warehouse? Did you did you just uh, say, hey, yeah, can yeah, I work I was, out I here? Get, or how I did gonna, that start going?
1: Yeah, I was going to get back to that. I was, yeah. uh, I was just I just kind of speeded up, and then I was going to go back. But, uh, yes, after, after all of that, I came back and I was talking to the guys and asked the guys, man, what are y'all doing? I said, uh, can I join you guys and stuff like that? And at the time, I'm a big football player, kind of muscled out and stuff like that. I was kind of stocky, you know, and they went, wow. I said, so I told them I played football for the U city high school and all that. And so they, uh, Said, I said, "Tell you what, kid. What you need to do, you need to go home. You need to have your parents to sign, you know, some kind of uh, stipulation where that that, that we are that not responsible for what happens if you get hurt or something." Right. So I, I went home, man. I got on that bicycle, and I, and you thought I was Dale Earnhardt Junior. <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to ride that bicycle,
2: uh, and uh, so home. I
1: went home, told my mother about it, and all that stuff, and then. Uh, she said, You sure you want to do this? I said, yes, Mother. It is. I said, I think it's my opportunity. I don't know. I said, Just sign it, Mama. Just sign whatever. And she just scribbled something down, whatever. I, I, I don't even know what she I I just took it back to her. I said, My mother's here. She signed the papers here. And and we started working out then. And um, from that point, man, I was just, I kept working out uh, every Sunday evening and stuff like that, going to the matches on a Thursday night. And, uh, and then one, uh, one night, they uh, one Saturday night, this they keep, they called me up and said, Coco, this is what uh, this is what's going on. Man, we would love for you to make a trip with us. I said, Where? Uh, Paducah, Kentucky. I said, hmm. Paducah? <laughs> and they said, Yeah. She said, he said, man, we're going to the we, we're going to the wrestling match. we we're, we're wrestling up there tonight. We want you to come with, with us. And he said, uh, "I said sure, I'll go. He, I go." He said, "Well, bring your bring your bags." I said, "For what? Well, just in case you may get a chance to wrestle tonight." I said, "Really?" I said, "Oh my God!" I started feeling butterflies in my stomach a little bit, you know. So I went, I got all packed up and stuff, and then uh, we left. We took off again. We got out of the, got in the parking lot, and then we uh, everybody was getting their bags out, and and uh, so I. I kind of left my bag in there, and he said, "Coco, what are you doing? Where's your bag at?" I left it in the trunk. Why you Why are you leaving it in the trunk? I said, "I don't know. Where. I'm not wrestling on the cars. Well, they get your bag, Coco, just in case you may have to wrestle. You don't have to run back to the car."
0: Yeah, you gotta to be ready.
1: <laughs> you know, just you know, yeah. I, I'm just going like I'm just I'm just programmed that I'm not wrestling tonight. That's right. That's the bottom line. So when I get in there there's these great big monsters, here I am still a kid, like, you know, like 16, 17, well, 17, 18 years old, or whatever was. and whatever, uh, well, and 16, I believe, and uh, I'm going, oh, my God, I can't believe these big old monsters walking around here, man, they look, I thought, um, you know, this guy was huge, and uh, so I I sat down, I sat, eased down, sat down in the chair, and I got rear really quiet, just, just looking at everybody and everybody. And then uh the finally the promoter came over and said, he called me Coco Kid. And I'm going. I didn't even answer because I, I didn't know the name. So you know, they, they those guys already gave me a you know, gave me name. Okay. And I didn't they didn't tell me. And uh and uh he said, Hey, I'm talking to you. You you Coco Kid. I said, Me? I am yes, you. You know, and he said, and, uh, yeah. he said uh, "What are you trying to do?" He said, "Are you trying to be a big shot already? That you you uh, you're not gonna get dressed to last like you're your main event already? <laughs> you know, you got the you got the big head already.
2: Hey.
1: You know, hey. and I'm going, sir, sir. I don't know what you're talking about." He said, "You don't know what you, you don't know what I'm talking about, Coco kid. Look here, you are only the wrestling card tonight. You are wrestling. Hold on. Wait a minute. Somebody give me a card. He gave me the card. Look at here. Coco Kid versus the Super Destroyer. <laughs> you on the first match. <laughs> and I'm going, I, I'm just. What?
0: Now, know, how long at this point, Coco, had you been, you know, training? I mean, how much training did you have to this point?
1: Oh, I, I've been training for, I guess, the whole probably six months to a year.
0: Oh, okay. So you had some idea what to do once you got in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I had, I had, a, yeah. I, but I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know those guys was going to have me. You know that night. Right, right. And so, so man, he's. I'm going what? And the butterflies and everything was just started acting up inside of my stomach, and I was, just, oh, no, God. you going to face
0: the destroyer. I mean, come on. I'd be nervous. That's right, and this
1: guy here was like 300 pounds. <laughs> it looked like he weighing 300 pounds, and he was just pacing up and down the road. I mean, uh, the way in front of me, he was just pacing up down the aisle in front of me, and, and he was just walking back and forth in dress rooms and looking at me so mean and stuff. And going on, I was like, "Yeah, I can't wait to bust you up when I get out there. <laughs> he did every time. Oh, my God. And those guys on the floor laughing at me. They yeah. was all laughing at me. And, and uh, I said, what do y'all got me into? Y'all didn't tell me I'm wrestling. that I was already booking the card, man. I said, what is wrong with you guys? Yeah. Well, and, you know, hey, that's part of that's the initiation of the business, that's part of it, man, and stuff like A that. Rib.
0: Your first rib.
1: My first rib, I'm yeah. telling you. And uh yeah. I just could not believe it then when I got in there and uh they said I listened to, listen to them, whatever and all that old stuff and, and man I'm I'm sitting there and said, like, Oh my god, and can you imagine how you know I will say like well you know how bug we look. Well, I was, I was Buckwick Jr. that night because <laughs> we couldn't pass for brothers. <laughs> <You're just> scared, <laughs> so huh? My eyes my, was bigger than the $4 bill. Uh. Uh, oh my God. So how and, was the uh, match? How, how'd how you do? Well, hold on. You know, and found we had the match uh. and we, we went out there and had the match and he threw me, Sean, he threw me for one end of that ring to the other ring, I mean the other other side, the other side, and he slammed me, he slammed me. And Lord, and they all they told me go out there and just take bumps. Right. You know, just take bumps. Don't even try to fight back, you know, cause they wanted the superstar to go over real strong. Yeah. Okay. And, and boy, and I just went out there and, and I I feel like uh, I now feel sorry for a flip a uh, fish. Because you know, I think I, I have the whole record of flipping the board in a fish. But, but when I, man, well, I'm telling you, I was so sore. And I could, when I came back to dress room, I said, oh, and they all, I'm just now, I'm sore. And I'm telling them, oh, my back, oh, my leg, oh, my neck, everything. They said, I said, oh, my God, I'm not going to make it, man. I'm not going to make it. He said, oh, you'll be all right. In two weeks, you'll be all right. Oh my! And uh, they said, "What, what was the, what was oh, the what finish?
0: A... Do you remember what the finish was?" Well, the
1: the finish was he just completed this just me and bumped me and big power slam? in one, two, three, and it was over, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I saying? I and when I got home, it felt like I didn't, I, I didn't wake up till the next Thursday, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a week from Thursday, you know. <laughs> uh, oh my God! It was it, it it was. I told my mother. My mother was trying to get me out of the bed. <laughs> Are you gonna are you gonna get up out of bed today? Mom, I can't hardly walk. I told you about that wrestling. I told you you don't need to do that.
0: Were you discouraged at this point or you couldn't wait to get back in there? At
1: that point I was trying to get the soreness over. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you really the pain was overwhelming it, huh? Yeah. The pain okay. was there, man. And and uh, and uh yeah. and finally when I got, you know, like three or four days and, and, and I got into the school, you know, when I went to the gym, I mean the gym at, at, at the school, we had, we had this big old, uh, uh, warm, this old big old tank that we can get off in and yeah.
2: with,
1: with lukewarm water and stuff like that. And that get the sword is this, this out and all that stuff. So that, that helped out a whole lot.
0: Yeah. So this, the destroyer was a little stiff. I take it.
1: <laughs> well, well, you know, he might have been, he might have been. Now, he might have been still for me. I'm sure he probably was. Yeah. But then, uh, but he, you know, like I said, I don't know how he worked when he worked for somebody else.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So uh, that
0: was your introduction. Uh, I I guess things got better.
1: <laughs> things got a lot better after that. I mean, after the, you know, I didn't have that 300 pound guy that I could go out there and work. A match with, and then I ran into, uh, after that, those guys left for some kind of way. And uncle Elmer came in, in union city, big problem right. Frazier, he came in selling right. furniture and, 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 and running wrestling on a Saturday night uh-huh. at, at this building. And so I got hooked up with, uh, with Dr. Elmer right. and uh, what we call Plowboy.
0: right? Plowboy boy so,
1: Frazier. Right. 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 And I got hooked up with him and I was selling furniture and I was wrestling too. And and I was getting it, you know, I got it down, you know, I was, I was getting it together and I had my timing down and Frazier worked out with me and he was showing me some things and he brought some guys in that work that wrestled against me and and, in, uh, in this little old place that we had that he had wrestling every Saturday night. And I was a kind of like a little name drawer out there, man. Everybody, man, come on out and see Coco. Come on out and see Coco, you know, the high, so, the high flyer.
0: Yeah, Coco, what were you? So, what was it that, uh, you know, that put you above, like where you started to really uh, get known for? You You were doing high flying moves that other people weren't doing? Or was it that quickness that you had that was different?
1: Well, uh, what, what really happened with Plowboy after a while? Plowboy called. He, he I didn't know it. He was good friends with Jerry Lawler.
0: Oh, really? And,
1: and yes, Plowboy oh. called Jerry Lawler oh. for me, and uh, he said, "Jerry, he said, man, this is one kid I need you to take a look at." Uh huh. And he's he's he he's talking about a prospect, man. I got one, and uh-huh. he said, "Uh, he said, well, bring him bring him over over to Arkansas." Friday night, which is over Blaville, Arkansas, right? And and, uh, and 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 back then, they was over there at the American Legion building. They were selling out, man. It was people packed. I mean, they was packed in there like sardines. And uh, so he just bring about about over a couple of
0: thousand I, people,
1: maybe. Oh man, it's, you know what? I'm gonna say if that it was probably more than that. I'm gonna say you know because they were. They were standing all in the aisle, they were standing. they were hanging from the rafters and everything. That, that,
0: that was a huge crowd back then. Huge <laughs> yes, used that, to a lot
1: bigger. Was, <laughs> it, Yes. Yeah. And so uh, when I met Jerry, so I came over and I met Jerry. and then Jerry said, Boy, tell me that you you he said, Man, you count like a little hot dog in the ring. I said, Well I don't know. I, you know, I said I just I just go out there and do what I can do. And he yeah. said, well, I'm going to put you in the ring tonight. I got to see you because Plyboy done called me like three or four times and told me about you. And uh, he said, I'm going to put you in with a guy named Frankie Lane. Uh-huh. And he said, Frankie Lane, is a he's a high spot. He's one of my top high spot guys. I'm talking about he can go with this, this Frankie Lane guy. He said, you think you can keep up with Frankie Lane? I said, I don't know. But I, I said, it's worth a try. Yeah, no. so uh, we got out there, uh, and at that point, all the butterflies and everything was over. I, I mean, I was ready. I, I mean, I felt good and all that stuff out there. And and Frankie went it, and then me and Frankie went around, locked up, and Frankie called us a nice spot and everything. And I was, I said okay, and we went for it, man. And uh, when I did the first spot, Frankie's Frankie Lane said, wow, you are incredible. Especially, you know, when I, when I, uh, when I locked up with him, he said, oh, you're very, you know, you're not still for anything like this. You're just so relaxed. And everything was just like clockwork, everything, boom, everything. He called, boom, yeah. I was there, I was there, I was there, I was there. And then, of course, uh, at the end of the match, you know, he, he kind of said over and stuff like that. Right. But when I got back to the dressing room at Lawler said, kid, you are awesome. You are awesome out there. Wow. He said, can you make, can you make uh channel five wrestling t- uh, tomorrow morning? Wow. And I'm going, uh, I'm going, well, I guess, I guess so. I didn't know anything about Memphis, Tennessee at all. Didn't know nothing. Just heard but about. You knew it, you
0: know. it was a big territory, right? Uh, you knew. I just knew it was big. Yeah, I just yeah. I saw it
1: on, you know, seeing pictures on the news and and all this, all this stuff was happening in Memphis and all that stuff and and they and that. But I never been there. Yeah. And so wow. I I never been my, to Memphis. Told, never been to Memphis. And I yeah. told my dad and 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 uh, you got to take me to Memphis, Dad and and. and I'm on, I'm on channel five TV tomorrow morning and, and, and uh, they want to take a look at me. So my dad said, Oh, he said, okay. We're down our TV and, and the promoter name was Jerry Jarrett. Yep. And he was, and he was, uh, man, he was, I met him and he said, well, he said, well, I understand Larry Lawler has put you over like a ton of bricks man and talk to you, uh. He said, man, I'm, I'm just thrilled to see you. He said, but I got you in a match on wow. TV and, uh, against Joe LaDuke, another big guy. And Joe LaDuke was, he was Brown, maybe 350 pounds, uh, guy, you know, that's the way they did it back in the day. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, so I went out there with Joe LaDuke. And on right? Memphis TV live, now we wouldn't take, we was live.
2: Right.
1: And man, I put Joe LaDuke over like a million dollars big time. I'm yeah. talking about bump, 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 and all that stuff. And then Joe LaDuke told me in the ring, he said, kid, please slam me. Please huh? slam me. I said, I told him, no. He said, no, please slam me, would you? Uh-huh. I said, okay. So here's this big joke. Little, you know, as little as I am and stuff like that, boy. and I turned around and when Joe went up, I kind of just turned him over right. with a big slam and the people popped like crazy and stuff uh-huh. like that. And I was jumping around like I man, I'm telling you, like I done won the world champion uh, the title and stuff like that. Man, I was so, I thought I was in another football game. And, you know, we just won the tournament, you know. Yeah. And so and Joe was just so, and he he came back after the match was over, because he went over, and after the match he came back, and he just picked me up. And, and of course, Jerry Lawler was going like, Joe, what the heck is that? let him slam me for it. And Joe turned around while he had me up in the air and said, Jerry, I'm telling you right now, this kid is awesome. You see the bumps that he was taking for me? He said, man, he put me over. I had to do something for him. Wow. Well, and that's yeah, that's, uh,
0: that's a great part of the business, though. That's, uh, you know, that you're able to put, you know, a lot of people don't understand the psychology and and uh what really works in the ring. And, uh, you know, that there is such an art to doing it that they, they all understand, you know, that if you don't win, you didn't, you know, you're not over. And that's so wrong. And, uh, it sounds like early, very early on, you understood that.
1: You know what? I understood that from day one, because I looked at the size of my opponent and I looked at the size of me. Mm -hmm. And if I, I can tell, I, I can tell, I said, uh, well, anybody can tell that I won't have a, I don't, there's no manpower for me beating this 300-pound guy. There is no way. Yeah. And the old saying always, though, a good a good little man can beat a, a big man any day.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But a good little man cannot beat a good big man.
0: Right, yeah. Any day. I mean, it's got to be. So we, it's, yeah, it's got to. There's got to be a, an element of reality to it.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, it's yeah. got to be logical. Yeah, Everything's got to exactly. be logical. Mm-hmm. And, and if you and and you don't say I can beat a big guy, but I have to use a a, a, a Jim a Jim a Jim Duggan's two or four. Right. You, right. you know, I have to use old hacksaw two or four to put to, to put him out, and yeah. that's that makes I have to get on top. That's the reason why I got on top of the top rope and I was dropping kicking off the top rope and stuff like that because it was something logical that people could under can understood that hey Yeah,
0: you had to have special weapons. Exactly. To be able to do and that. And that's
1: what that, that's what made me.
0: Yeah.
1: And then um, and I stayed in Memphis for five years getting experience before I went anywhere else. Yeah. And I'm working up and down the cart. They had me, the yo-yo man. i uh-huh. first match, a main event, first match, main event, bar, wire, fist matches, scaffold matches, rebuilds and uh, stuff like that. You know, just, just, uh, uh it was, a uh, what we call, a uh, uh, this, uh, this type of match where you don't see it happen no more. You where it's yeah. a lumberjack, it's lumberjack battle royal where where you get thrown out of the ring, everybody's beat the heck out of you, throw you back in the ring, and stuff like that. A five a uh, blindfold about uh, battle royal and stuff like that. I mean, all of that stuff, you know. And you're and working so, pretty
0: much every day, right, through these in these yeah, territories. Uh, so you're working. Yeah,
1: they hardly. George, yeah, they hardly. And
0: NWA and uh, you know yeah. and everybody, and, right?
1: Yeah, and yeah. they. But but I stayed there in Memphis for five years. But I was I, I worked the territory for five years, like Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Memphis on a Monday, Louisville on a Tuesday, Evansville on the Indiana on a Wednesday, Lexington, Kentucky on a Thursday night, of uh, Tupelo, Mississippi on a Friday night, uh, Nashville or Jonesboro, Arkansas on a Saturday night, and then then it starts all over again. Wow. So. so so we ran that, we ran that, ran that, and then finally, after five years, Jared, Jared said, man, we need, you need to go around the country. I want to send you, send you around, around, the, around the globe where you go to other places and, and get some experience there, and then you come back, you're going to be even hotter when you come back with us.
0: Yeah, they would do these uh, territory exchanges. People don't, uh, you know, that exactly. understand right. how it was back in the day before uh, the, you know the WWF basically took over the entire world, but you'd have these right. territories that divided up the country and you and, and you would have promoters that would exchange different wrestlers uh to, you know, they have a big run somewhere and then they let things cool off, they go away what for 6 months or something. So
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah, you had you had places to go, and uh, and that was that was a good thing because, like like you just said, you stay six months, you stay a year, or whatever, and then uh, and then you come back or whatever if, if you want to come back, and so but it was good. I I uh, took off and I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I had a good time out there in Tulsa with uh, the Leroy McGirt. You remember you remember Mike McGirt?
0: Yeah, yeah her yeah her father. Well,
1: it was her yeah. dad was had hope yeah. whole. Promotion out there, right? And uh, and uh, and then I went from there. Uh, I went to Dallas. Uh, then I I that's uh, so Dallas. No, I went to, from there. I went to uh, uh, yeah, Dallas. What was it Dallas first? I'm trying to think. No, we went to Florida. We went to Florida. Yeah, I was first. gonna
0: say all these. Yeah, all these territories in there, and a lot of people don't uh, understand how how big they were. But, yeah, you know, with, like Florida was huge, right? And then Texas. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah.
1: we down there. With Eddie yeah. Graham was a promoter down there. Eddie Graham, but that's when Dusty Rose was hot, man. Uh, you even with Ric Flair was running back and forth in there yeah. and stuff like that. And then I, then after that, we got a chance yeah. to go. Uh, went up to Mid-Sout, uh down to South. Texas.
2: Yeah.
1: Then Miss South, uh, we went to Miss South for Bill Watts, and that's where I got discovered right there. From yeah. uh, that's when I got the phone call. Uh, for Howard Finkel called me, and I thought it was a rib. I thought the guys was was ribbing me because I didn't believe it. That's when this was taken.
0: Yeah, but when you were in Mid-South, because I want to get to that phone call from Howard, but uh, that was kind of the launching point for a lot of guys. I mean, I think you were there the same, like Jake was there, and uh, DiBiase was there, Hacksaw was there. Uh, There was a great collection of talent. At, at, with that yeah itself
1: oh yeah yeah it was just it was just like Memphis you know like a lot of people came through Memphis Randy Savage and and uh a lot of guys I mean they yeah. came through oh, Memphis yeah. to, to to get you know to get started and Abdullah the butcher and, and all that man the, you know Austin Idol that came through there and uh you know the the funks yeah you know, but I, I really thought it
0: was interesting that it was Howard that made that call to you. Because I, 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 I don't know, I'd never really heard of others, the other people that I've known, other superstars, that it was Howard that called them. So uh, tell us about how that went down. And, and like you said, you thought they were ribbing you. You thought your uh, was a rib, right?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a rib and stuff like that because the boys was always ribbing. Let's just Rib Coco Call me up three or four o'clock in the morning Coco, get down here. There's a big fight or whatever. Yeah. Uh, No, when I got the call, man, I I was at home in Louisiana. In fact, I was, we pulled, I pulled a trailer back in the day. Instead of getting an apartment, I stayed in, we stayed in like a little, what, one of those little trailers that you pull.
2: Yeah.
1: Like a 35 footer and uh, man we stayed there. We went to the AA campgrounds and, uh-huh. and uh camped out there was which, which was real nice. Yeah, it a and, great uh, way to save money. Right? Oh, big time. Had your house with you. <laughs> right, right. And so Howard called me and and I'm going, "Hey Coco, this is Howard Finkel from the WWF. I got to say, Edo ACF no more. Uh
0: <laughs> you can on this you can on this podcast. Go ahead. Okay. And so I'm going
1: like uh <laughs> I'm going I said, come on, get out of here. I said Hello, what in the-
0: this is Howard Finkel from the WWF.
1: Will- yeah, there we go. Vince McMahon and I'm going and, with you. <laughs> yeah, yo, they would like for you to come up and, and talk yeah. with him, you know, on on business. And it's always everything's on business. You know, but he, he, didn't, he didn't say what, he just, I knew what, but it was always business. And uh, so I said, get out of here. I said, why would he want to talk to me? I said, come on. I said, no, I, I don't believe this is this is Howard. And I said, man, y'all wouldn't call me. Of all people, what do y'all want with me? Yeah, but you, you, know? were,
0: you were pretty big time down in Mid-South at that point, so...
1: Why were you so yeah, but, amazed? That they... Bill Watts wasn't doing Bill Watts wasn't doing anything with me. I just had to name the Birdman, Coco Beware, you know, right. and then uh, and so, so Howard said, "I tell you what, Coco, here, you you have call ID." I said, "Yeah, it's a, it's a call me right back."
2: Okay,
1: it's 203 number. Call me right back. So, so I said, okay you know I'm gonna hang up I'm gonna wait for you. you'll call call me right back <laughs> so I looked on I I looked on the uh, I actually had my wife look in the phone book and find the index or whatever what is the 203 air code what is that right. you know yeah. and she Connecticut said, oh that's Connecticut oh that's yeah. Connecticut and we're going I said okay I said let me call him let me let me call him. let me try it again and he said Howard Finkle, Coco, and I'm going. Then I'm going for
0: this real, is not a real. Yeah,
1: yeah, this is the real deal now. And so we got we got the talking and going on. He said, "Man, you said, you know, we really love your 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 gimmick and everything. Your, your you know, just what you, what you're selling down there, and you got incredible moves and stuff like that. And Vince would love for you to come up." And y'all can talk business. Where if you decide you want to make a move or not, he said we we would uh, just 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 uh, you can come up whenever whenever you uh, get a chance an opening when Bill has an open for you get you off. Let us know. We don't want to. We don't just want to run over run over him or anything All like right. that. He said. He I, he was pretty used
0: to this him. at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I went up there. Yeah, and I finally I I I told Bill about it, and Bill just golly, he just like hit the ceiling. He just cause JYD's already gone. Yeah, yeah, and Vince's got him, and and he we already had a meeting about that WWE is going to be contacting you guys and stuff like that, and and so he said just be ready and all that stuff. So when they contact me after after I had the meeting with, with Howard and I told Bill and Bill oh he pulled out the red carpet man we he he, he uh it, wanted me to come up to this real nice uh hotel we had dinner together and all this stuff and I'm talking about he's whining and dining me and, and everything and and uh and I told myself well Bill uh, uh I've been uh WWE of Howard Finker has called me. And they want they want to talk to me about coming up. Oh. Well, Coco, they're not really going to do anything with you. taking that now. I mean, you waste your time and all that stuff. And uh, but uh, you know they they don't use small guys. They just don't. I said, Bill, you're not using me either. Yeah. I said I'm not really. I'm not. I'm not really making any big money. I'm making okay money, but I ha- i hadn't been I had been in the main event spots to make anything. I haven't seen a big check like I saw off of uh, Jake the Snake's check. I saw Kamala's check, and they was pretty decent. Yeah, so you're
0: not, not you're not making a ton of money down there, right? So
1: right, and that's what I was telling. I said, you know. He said, "Well, you definitely not going to make any money up there. They're going to just do them and just kill you off, and then then you want to try to come back here, and we won't be able to use you, and uh, anybody else won't."
0: So he didn't and sweeten then, uh, the deal. He didn't say, uh, "I'm going to pay you this much more to stick around."
1: No, no, he didn't. He never did sweeten the deal. He just huh. and Jeez. then and then he just and he finally told me, "He said, you know what? He said, go ahead and go if you know if you you, you want to go and just just go, but you know just." You know, just give me a proper notice and stuff like that. I said I'm just going there to talk to them and see what they they got to offer me first. Yeah. I said then I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna do the right thing for you, Bill. You know. He said, Yeah, I know they're gonna they're gonna tell you they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that. When they get you up there, they're not gonna they're gonna beat you like a drum. I said, yeah. I said, well, I just want I need to go, you know, and, and see. And so, finally, when the opportunity came. I left, went up there, got up there, man, they, uh, met the guy. The guy had a big sign up, side out, uh, J.W. Wear, not Coco Wear, not Kobe, wear, anything like that. Just J.W. Wear and all right. that. And a big old long limo. First long, first time I ever got in a big long limo. I said, like, "Golly, you know, big time." People, people standing all around looking. God, who is that guy? Who is that? And I'd get off in this big old limo by myself and golly and look like it took us forever to get from Newark, New Jersey Airport to Connecticut. You know, it was just It does
0: just take depressing. forever to get from Newark to Connecticut. <laughs> That's a long I time. know it. You know, I the know it Bridge, I mean,
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, at that day we was it was just, you know, it was a hard I guess it was just uh, that drive time of, of, yeah. of the evening. Yeah, And then, uh, so we finally got to, I finally got the, to yeah. uh, uh, Vince's office. Yeah. Here's a big sign up, WWE, you can see the big logo and all that stuff. So we go in and then, and then once, once I stepped, I stepped off the elevator, the, the, of course, the little lady, she greets you there and stuff like that. Welcome to WWF and all that stuff. And say, would you like anything to drink or whatever, uh, coffee, any kind of juice or chips, anything? Or and I'm just going no, cause I'm not. An my I had butterflies in my stomach again. <laughs> oh Thank my you, god! Man. And then, and then when I and when uh, so when I went in there, I finally, uh, I sat out and I looked over there, I looked across from me, and there was Kamala. Was sitting over there. He, he and I'm they going, brought him in too? Yeah, yeah. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. James? Uh, God, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm just, I'm just starting back up there. I didn't know there was this second time. See, he was up there one time before, then he quit and left, and he came back the second time. He had a meeting with Vincent himself. Oh, wow. And, Same uh, time, so, huh? yeah and so uh I said, Golly so uh james said yeah i'm I'm definitely uh you know i i gotta see what he got to say and stuff like that because I thought they were finished with me, and uh I went on home and I set out i didn't even i didn't even they didn't know where I was at hmm. and so fallon vince and I was talking and and, and I was went in Vince's office and they came and got me, so me and him was talking and, and uh the last thing Vince said, you know, and of course my wife had a picture of a bird put in my pocket. She said that she took from a pet store. And she said, if this ever come up, tell me you want this bird. And of course I had bird tights on the bird was painted on my tights already. And, and I was already the bird man Coco Coco Beware. But you'd never and, worked with just, birds before then? You'd never I never worked with birds at all. <laughs> and uh, and so for some reason, after the conversation uh i, I walked off I said, thank you very much, and I, let, I I would uh let me think about it i I'll let you know, convince it, well, don't don't give me an answer now, you know, just go go back home and think about it, yeah, talk to your wife and all that stuff.
0: but he told and you, then, you think but, he liked the whole gimmick though he liked you be. he likes you oh being yeah, burnt. he said
1: he loved the whole gimmick and everything he said. And then uh and I was walking away and Vince just turned around and just said Coco. And and I mean he just hollered, Coco.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I turned around and Vince said, Is there anything else that you would love to add to your gimmick? Mm-hmm. Is there anything? And I said, Oh my god, what did he say that for? I said, "Matter of fact, Vince, I do have one more thing." I reached in my shirt pocket and flipped out this Polaroid picture. You had a
0: Polaroid picture of
1: the of bird, Frankie, <laughs> of the bird that I wanted to take, and it was the Frankie. With... That was the Frankie, the Frankie. I mean, wow. you know, yeah. And uh, and uh, he said, uh, "Huh, you want to take this bird around?" You know everywhere you go. Oh yeah. I said, if I can, he said, you know how much trouble that is? I said, well Vince, this is part of me. This is what's gonna make me to get up there. It's gonna be beside Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and everybody. You know, he said, Golly. He said, I okay, I will buy the bird for you. I will buy it. You know, I will send he, he said, I'll send a guy down in Brazil to buy a bird. And bring him back up here. So, you know, you know how to train him. And I said, I don't know anything about <laughs> <laughs> training a bird at all. I said, I just know it, it'd be good for my character coming out the Birdman coat with a live parrot. He said, I can't believe it. Now we have a dog. Now yeah. we have a, a dragon. We have a snake. Now snake. we have a bird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cook, that 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 is unbelievable you you never handled birds you didn't have birds around the house
1: no you, no, no you never just, did, I'm gonna this, get this bird and you know i just had i just had picked out this this bird uh this blue and gold macaw bird with the big beak on it and everything yeah. and i just had it on my pants at, at, down in mid-south and everywhere else just had it on my pants and then I said, "This will be great if I can." Uh, and then we came. Then my wife, God bless her heart, she's gone on to heaven. Yeah. She 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 came up with the music when Mars Day in the time when they came out with uh, the bird. Yeah. Have a brand new dance. It's called a Bird. and Mars Day. We, me and her went to a movie, and he was doing on that Purple Rain. Yeah, he was doing that Prince. song. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was doing that song and she said, You could you could take this dance. And and of course she was a dance teacher anyway, with our cheerleaders, cheerleaders right. and stuff like right. that. And she said, You could take this dance to the ring, and it's so easy to do. Mom and dad, granddaddy, grandpa, and all of them can do it. You know, it's so easy, you know. And uh and I said, Oh my God. So I got she said, Let's just play the music. And play and because see, when, when that song came out, he really didn't push that song. Uh, Bars Dave didn't push that song, he pushed Jungle Love,
0: right? Oh, and Jungle Love was big,
1: but you know, what the, the that, that song, the Bird 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 song, was on a very it was on the last song of the album,
0: right? But did you have to get permission to use it? I mean, did he did well after, Morris after say now, okay?
1: we, <laughs> we did that now at first? We at first we. You know, they came out with it and played it a couple of times. Then uh I think the office got uh, got a letter or something, something about, you know, but Troll it, so Right, right. Yeah, but see, right. the only thing they messed it they hey, Mars Daniel messed their own self up on it. They could have made they could have made more uh, sold more records off of it because people were starting going to the music store buying it. Yeah, right. Okay. Offered just because I was doing it, yeah. And, and then they said y'all got to cut it out and stuff like that. You know, we're gonna we're gonna crack down on you and stuff like that. So that's where I brought my gospel group in, along with Jimmy Hart. that got the they wrote this song, uh, another Bird 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 song. Come on everybody, get up off yep. your, feet, your feet, put your hands together, and do yep. the bird, Yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, well. So right. And so Jimmy, Jimmy, and people don't know that
0: you were you you can you can sing, right? Yeah, you you know, of course, sang forever, right?
1: Yeah, singing, singing in church, you know, all my life and stuff like playing the lead guitar and a little piano and stuff like that. And uh, but when we came out with that, uh, there was Coco Beware Gospel Group at the time, and uh, man, uh, that that's what that's what and And uh, Morris Daniel couldn't say nothing because they was not a song, but it was a big hit, and the people could dance to it
0: yeah, they they, they blew their shot they blew their chance so but before we uh, talk about the uh, you know the serious uh, side of this of how you were catapulted into the stratosphere with the wWF i I want to know how in the world you figure out how to hand handle not only just having Frankie around, but you had to travel with him on the road, not only. So, what did you take? Uh, you know, birds are us. Course, did you? How did you learn to handle a, a bird? That was a big. It wasn't a little parakeet. You're talking this huge macaw,
1: right? Well, That's I'll what it was. It took it, it. It took me a minute. The first night they brought Frank Frankie <laughs> in to Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland TV. Yeah. Uh, Pat Patterson and myself was, in fact, they brought him in. Wow, in this cage. Pat Patterson and ourselves was trying to get the bird out of the cage. He wouldn't come out. He wouldn't come <laughs> out of the cage. Come out either, but the best have been, yeah, you he, go out. He's squawking and going on, <laughs> rah, 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 rah. And, and Pat going, Coco, you sure you want to do this? You sure you want to do this? What are you crazy? <laughs> right right i got i gotta do this pat he said i said, I said this yeah. is part of my gimmick yeah. and he said golly they just they just sent this thing in from brazil and this thing is wild as heck coco look at him he's biting on the cage he's chewing the cage up take and uh, off. so so uh so so pat said he's not coming out coco he's not coming out <laughs> and uh i the said what was it coming gonna-? out <laughs> right, I said Pat. What we what we gonna have to do is we're gonna have to disassemble the cage. <laughs> so me and Pat started unscrewing all the screws and stuff like that, and we, <laughs> man, we took the we cage took all the screws apart from around the bird. Right. right. Yeah. Just took the took this little dog cage away, and then, and then we disassemble it, and then of course the bird didn't have no he couldn't he couldn't do nothing but just stand there and look at us in the cage. So
0: so Was I'm I'm work, going. Work- the wings clipped so it couldn't fly off in the arena
1: that would have been at, something <laughs> well at the time we was in the back of the dressing room
2: yeah
1: all this was in the dressing room first and then uh so we I had to we had to hold him down uh try to try to I put a towel over his head I remember oh, that pissed. watching Frankie's watching out right right oh he's pissed. <laughs> Big time, you know. So I put a cowl over his head and stuff like that, and I, and I was trying to trying to have something. I can't remember what we was had something to hold his head down because they, they gave us a they gave us a chain to put around his leg so he won't buy away. <laughs> so I mean, I put this. This is first time this ever. They have pictures of this in Baltimore. <laughs> This is the first time I I took Frankie out with a chain on his leg, first and last. (laughs) So we finally, finally goes out uh, for the show. Here it is. I got got Frankie, I I got him, I got Frankie in my hand, my right hand. And he's holding on. He's biting my fingers and all that stuff. And I'm still trying to do the Birdman dance and not letting the people know that this bird's biting the crap out of me <laughs> and stuff. My 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 fingers are bleeding and going on. And and golly, you know. And I'm going, I'll come back I, when when the match was over. It, I don't even know if I won or anything like that. I didn't really care. I was more was get back at trying to get back at Frank. And I I was kind of pissed at Frank as a like, man. Oh. You yeah. bit me you did this you did that i said yeah and then pat said Coco, you sure you want to do this cause this bird look at you bleeding crazy oh my god <laughs> i said yeah uh, i said pat it's gonna be me me or that bird in the morning <laughs> you're gonna see me or him <laughs> oh you know, coco i'm telling you right Somebody's now he's gonna I be say, the boss by tomorrow right <laughs> right i said you know so i i finally took him after it's all over with, got him in the hotel. Sean, I stayed up practically all night fooling with him. And they had to fly out the next morning. Huh. And, uh, and trying I'm trying to get I'm, him to stay on your arm and the whole thing. or were Yes. You... I'm working yeah. with Frankie. I'm working yeah. with him. Didn't have nothing to work with. So I finally, I finally, uh, got into uh, I think it was Buffalo. So I went to a, a pet store and, and got books and stuff like that. And I talked to some uh bird trainers who was in the store. I said, How you come how you how you calm a bird down? He said, Do you read all you gotta read everything in this book to calm him down? And they said and the guy told me, Coco, he said oh he know he didn't know me about coco. He just said, Here you put this book down. Go over there and get you two sticks. He said, see these two perch stick. he said, that's how you train your bird. He said, You, get, you got you got you gotta you gotta you got a little stand that he sets on. All right. He said, get him off that stand by pushing him. When he steps push put that stick up on his chest, he'll step up like he's gonna look. he don't want to fall backwards. Either he gonna step up or he gonna fall back." <laughs> okay. And so so he said, start rotating these sticks. And what you're doing, you're playing games with him, and he's stepping up all the time. He's stepping up as you rotate the sticks. What you're doing, you're getting real tired, so you can you can work with him. <laughs> okay. In other words, what we call blowing his ass up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, you're gonna wear him down. So, so when Frank is all exhausted and everything, his little tongue was coming out. I could see that, <laughs> and you know. And like, okay, all right, I had enough. I had enough.
0: What and, do you
1: want me then, to do? And, and uh. then I set him on the perch. Now, now Frankie's step up on my on my hand now, reach out my hand. Oh man, he was just Sean. He was just like like he was just clockwork. I mean, he just stepped right up like he's been doing this all the time. Uh, he stepped up on my fingers, on my hand and stuff like that he't he try to bite me. i guess he just didn't have a wind to bite me <laughs>
0: you know
1: he had nothing left <laughs> you know? right he and i just kept doing that every every day kept fooling and then he's and the guy said every time he every time he try to uh, uh uh snap on you take that stick and, and just straighten with that stick and he'll look at that stick and oh and he'll say oh my god and he, and he, and he'll come back down sometimes you may have to just tap him on the beak Right. with the stick no and be hollering no the same time no don't do that no just kind of light tap not hard you know
2: yeah
1: and uh and, and he finally got it and then and and then uh he said then you could practice with him open this cage up and then what let him go on the floor let him walk to his cage he should go in mm-hmm. said, if he don't walk in his cage take show him the stick and he will he definitely must go in the cage because yeah. he don't want to get hit. Yeah. He thinks or he's going to hit him. Or he's going to head for the door. <laughs> right. So, so, so we did, I did this. I mean, constantly every day for 30 minutes, every day for 30 minutes, even at home. I mean, I almost got a divorce because I spent more time with Francis <laughs> than with my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you finally figured it out because, uh, I, you know, I kept thinking like, what, how do you train a bird? Not only to do that, but then he's got to go out and there's thousands of people around all these distractions, but you yep. did it.
1: You trained him because and he just. Uh, and then I finally, yeah. I, uh, the guy did, I did clip some of his wings and stuff like that. Uh, and he finally, uh, cause going out, I was so excited one night in master square garden. I was so excited going to, Going against Nikolai Volkov, no, no. Going against Iron Mike Sharp, oh yeah. my God! And That's you know funny. how crazy Iron Mike Sharp were? He had yeah. to walk around the ring, oh. Yeah. oh! Right. And he, and he, one night he just counted kind of went all. Over. Here it is. I'm making my grand entrance. First time in Madison Square Garden. I'm. I go around there. There's Iron Mike Sharp is in the way. We bumped some kind of way. Frankie fell off my my finger. Frankie's over in the over in the over in the, on the front row with the fans. <laughs> I, oh nine my nine. God! I had to jump over the barricade and stuff like that to go out. From, oh, God. You know, and I think Bobby Heenan was making an announcement. Oh my God! Coco Beware has got to, chasing Frankie. He's he's leaving the building. Oh my <laughs> God! He, he's all out there in the crowd. You know. Yeah. And so he, fella, he had I jumped a lot back
0: of fun with you. Yeah, that's for
1: sure. Yes. And then, then uh, I jumped back over a barricade with Frankie and, and the people was laughing. Oh my God. Frankie's trying to escape from Coco and Bob and just kept putting it over. Look at that gorilla. He don't want to be with him. Look at Frankie. He knows Coco's a loser, <laughs> you yeah. oh, <that's> so <laughs> know? Oh my God. And, uh, so we, so we had that. That was that was really embarrassing that night. First time in Madison Square Garden, Frankie comes off my finger.
0: Yeah.
1: And, but and, but Coco,
0: uh, that that gimmick. I mean, it. You were over pretty much in, uh, right away. Uh, you became yeah, a, an immediate it, favorite. And I think it was because uh, you know, like you said, you had the music, people could get involved, and then you had you know Frankie. Uh, so I mean it, it 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 must have made that transition pretty uh, a lot easier than it could have been Just beside the fact of what you had to go through with Frankie and almost lost a couple of fingers but really uh was that the case did you feel uh did you think it was going to be a little longer or did it just immediately popped
1: Well you know what it was uh I knew it was going to get over cuz yeah. people loved it down here even with my wife cuz I mean when she was talking about it and it was just something different that, uh, the little guy, that's, and that's what I had to offer. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Frankie, I had the name. And if I didn't have that bird, I probably just would have just been like everybody else Yeah, just on the card. You know, and that's the reason why that people still remember me now. And I don't care Sean, they, if they go back and show some tapes of me right now, people's gonna remember. That's Coco Beware. Oh my God, I'm Frankie.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: You know, and and uh, and, and I would love, I, I would love for that to happen one day that I could come back and go back and and just and let the people around the world see Frankie and I, not the wrestle. Yeah. I don't want to wrestle. I just want to come out. I want to look like like I got a million dollars in my pocket and and and, and just. Just look good to the fans, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what it's amazing. They, they
0: still remember. I'll tell you, doing this this uh, podcast has just really um, amazed me about how you know the people that remember that era. God, they just remember every minute of it, and they loved it. That it's it's something that has stayed with them throughout their lives, and it's it's really right. it's just so awesome when you go to these shows and meet these people and, and I know and, uh, it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't it? And that's, that's, go ahead. Uh, no, but I was going to uh, kind of moving on here because I really wanted to talk about you know what you were able to accomplish in the ring and and um, I think that early I think it was like '86 uh, you were on a Saturday night's main event. Um, I think you wrestled Nikolai, and yeah, Nikolai Volkov, and then and, and that's when you know uh, you know national television, which uh, you know during that period of time at night, you know prime time basically. Um, it was it. We really, really launched. I mean, the WWF was really starting to grow. But once, once we had that platform, do you remember how much of an explosion as far as recognition went, uh, being on something like Saturday Night's main event, rather than even the the Saturday morning shows that we were doing that across the country? But that seemed to really uh, just launch it to another level.
1: Oh, it did. You know, and uh, and I'm telling you. Uh, that helped me, in fact, it helped the whole company out and stuff like that. But it really, I could speak for myself, it, it helped me out tremendously. And I still take my hat off to Nikolai Volkov for how he yeah. really did an outstanding right. job for me. Uh, and, and and you know what? He didn't even gripe about it. He didn't even sit there, Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to yeah. do that. He loved it. He said, yeah. sure.
2: Yeah. And
1: I went out there and I, I put him over Big time and and stuff like that, and he got his stuff in and uh, and 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 you know matches like that shouldn't go long, and it didn't go long because if it had went longer, then the people would have probably just farted at it because it just it just don't match. Yeah. Nikolai should have been on uh, uh, just chew me up and spit me out like I was yesterday garbage.
0: Right, and but, so, you, but you
1: know if. Th-
0: that really seemed to, uh, you know, you became a big part of, like we talk about some of the, the superstars that were part of those, that roster during that time. And, and there weren't, uh, a whole lot of people that were, uh, that made it to that elite level, but you were, uh, up above, you know, you were one of those main carders uh, that, you know, that would have these great, you know, say, even if it was a mid card match though, you were up against another big name superstar.
1: A big, and, I mean, a big guy that called himself a big Russian that they that they yeah. they have pushed yeah. and made money with. What I'm yeah. saying with with Hogan and, and 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 Nikolai was a main eventer. I mean, I mean he, he he was the big Russian there one time. The Russians they were strong in the WWE back back then.
0: Yeah, well, and then it, but but that's the way it was on when you were on the road and when you did these televisions and when you did uh, you know these other events. You were part of that mix which was uh, an awesome ride during that period uh when you look back and we can certainly go and through and talk about all these different events you we were a part of coco but uh wrestlemania 3 has got to stand out to you as uh you know one of the biggest moments for you would you say that that, that event really stands out
1: oh yeah. That, the, you know what that that still stands out to me even right now it's yeah. just the chills the, the goosebumps on my hand on my arm coming out right now just every time i i think about it and every time i look i have a picture in my wallet and sometimes I, I pull it out and just yeah. it just i'm telling you just incredible moments i mean just i ne- that's something i never never forget that sean did here was well, that like i was telling you at the beginning of my at the story I was just uh, uh, this is something I wanted to do as a kid, being a professional wrestler, and and God made it happen. And here it is. He took this little black boy and Sean, he put him in the ring. He made it. He 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 just led a so many thousand, 93,000 people that he wrestled in front of ninety three thousand people. And coming from a little small town, a little hit town of Union City, Tennessee, that I love so much, that, man, put me up there with all the best entertainers there were in the world, outstanding. I mean, national TV, they saw me coming down. I mean, what it, it, What a thrill. What a thrill, thrill, man. I'm excited now. Just, man, I just kind of tears coming out of my eyes a little bit now because, man, that was that was the greatest moment of my life, and I just thank God, I thank my parents, I thank all my wrestling fans, I thank them all for, for I even thank the WWE for just giving me that opportunity for, to be out there, man, just to be out there and, and, and coming from a little small town, man, that uh, Union City where you had to throw it, try to find it on the map with a magnifying glass and stuff like that. But you know what? It was still this poor blue black fellow, man, made it to the big time of, of wrestling and made it to the to that... Um,
0: yeah, uh, I mean, they're really the, the pinnacle. And, and when you talk, Coco, about, you, you know, you mentioned going to this, I don't know what it was, a VFW hall or something, and they had this place, you know, packed with 2,000 people. And then you're standing... Uh, in the Pontiac Silverdome with ninety three thousand people, uh, right. not just not you know not just looking back at uh, you know like where you came from, but also where this profession had had you know had what it had reached at that point. It was one of the you know the biggest one of the biggest entertainment spectacles in the world. Right and to be a part I mean, of it, and,
1: and back then it was like one one of the biggest event the biggest event especially indoor event that, that, that ever uh, happened. But, you know, I think that some of them beat our, they have beat the record now, but, uh, but, but it's still, you know, it, it's just that thrill though, though, Sean, it's that thrill, man, that I, I, uh, I praise that I praise that, uh, uh, that WrestleMania three, I can see it right now when we pulled up on that big old, on those, all these big buses that we that we had, where we pull up on the ground, people was laying around. The, they was all camped out around the ground and stuff like that. I mean, it was just, it was. I thought you, I thought we, we was over in Vietnam where a lot of dead bodies were laying around, and so many people. But they was just sitting waiting on, and I said, look at the people waiting on us. Look at the people waiting on us to to come in like golly and then my mind is going back oh union city go you know little uh maybe fifty thousand population people there you know oh uh, but you know i'm just i'm just i was choked up and everything i just could not get myself together and uh and i watched this film i watched the match with butch reed and i over and over and over just to just the, the big old uh, crowd and stuff like that. And I said, man, I, 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 just, I cherish that moment. And I just, I still have that this picture in my wallet and right now that I take out and I just look at it and just golly. I said, you know what, Sean, and I'll I tell you the truth about it. Uh, the words come out where, Hey, I was so grateful being there. yeah, And, and I said, Sean, if I only, if I could have only made enough, made a good payday out of it i mean a good good payday out of it and uh, that that i wouldn't have to maybe may not have to work so hard that i'm doing now yeah but I, uh, you yeah. know
0: no but it's a tough it is a it's a tough business and there's a lot of guys that uh you know didn't take good care of themselves either and they didn't uh save their money and and uh you know it was It was one of those things for some of the big, the very top guys, they made, uh, they did make a lot of money, but, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that were maybe mid card and above that, it wasn't, you know, it was certainly a good living, but, uh, yeah,
1: it was a good, it was a good living, but you know what I'm saying? But I wished I could have made enough, made a big, uh, good, a good league. I wish I was up there. I was up there with Hogan. I was up there with, with, uh, with those guys, but I just randy, didn't make yeah. the money.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, we're we're randy and all of them. I did I you gonna see the different? What I'm looking at, Sean, and I don't mind people knowing what I made and stuff like that. And I, I have talked to my other partner about it. Well, when you take, it's no, big, it's no big secret now. I mean, it's just water on the bridge now, but still, his is history. And I still love the business. I still love WWE and all that stuff. Anyway, yeah. but still, you know, nothing bad. I'm gonna say about them at all. But you take you take twenty thousand dollars, and you split it with, you split twenty thousand dollars. Gave me ten. Gave Bush Reed ten. Yeah. Is that a good payoff?
0: That was WrestleMania three.
1: Yes. Wow. Yeah.
0: No, that's uh...
1: and. And you yeah. some people say, Oh, that was good. Where are you gonna make the count? But it's it's not like where you're gonna make the count of money at. Is you're not gonna have these ninety-three thousand people here every every week.
0: No, exactly. Um, but yeah. you know, and, and and people didn't realize how hard you guys worked back then too, because it was based on house gates, uh, when you guys worked yeah. otherwise. And plus you know, they so... get
1: paid for did not get paid for the pay per view. And then turn around, you are gonna give, uh, say, Rainy Savage and Steamboat five hundred thousand a piece.
0: Yeah, so it was. You're saying it was a little bit imbalanced on some of these uh, these main events. Yes,
1: I thought it was imbalanced big time. I thought, yeah. I thought least, I you know, my, I'm gonna say this. I thought least that Butch Reed and I should have got least forty thousand dollars. I would have been happy with thirty. Yeah, thirty thousand
0: dollars a piece. Wow, that is that is kind of amazing. I'm telling you, Kurt, I I didn't realize because I knew I'd heard figures of the, what the the big guys got in these in those. Uh, I didn't really know that. I mean, that was you know it was a lower card and match, but it was WrestleMania, and there were only so many of that were on, on that card. So, right. So you know. It's, uh,
1: and, and you know, is, and I just, and that's, but you know what, but that, but I had to take it. I had to take it, Sean. I couldn't, I couldn't refuse. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't argue, go in and, and, and fuss about it because yeah. I wouldn't a job. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I would yeah. got fired of it. So yeah. that's the thing. You know, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like it then. I couldn't say nothing and. And nobody, I couldn't go ahead, didn't have nobody to go in there and, and speak for me or speak for anybody yeah. about a payoff. Yeah. They, they would get rid of you, you know, golly. You. you know, they said something about a union one time, and and, and man, they got a wind over said, anybody else mentioned anything about a union, it's fired. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and you know, and, and you're you're an independent contractor. You're, uh, you know, it's not like you belong to a union. It's not like you have, uh, you know, you're a staff employee. You're an independent contractor, and those contracts right. you know, were, weren't really what it protected one side of that, basically. But it was and a good I, you know, that, that period of time, though, you were among the top superstars. And I want to move on to a topic, and I, and it's probably one you don't like to, to talk a lot about. But I, I want to mention it because I want people to understand how you overcome things and how you moved on, you kept pressed on, and you overcome it. And that incident, you, you were fired in, in 89. And I remember at the time I was there, Coco, when I heard about this with this fight with, that you had over there with Jim Troy. And I knew who the guy was because uh, he had worked uh, for Vince up in, uh, in Cape, in the Cape when he had that uh, arena up there in hockey, whatever. Uh, I don't know how much you want to talk about, but I wanted to ask you though, is, uh, you know, how you got through that. Uh, I know that, uh, it was an incident that was certainly sparked by this guy. Uh, and uh, anyway, I'll just tell me what you want to tell me about it. Well, and this is an 89 I'm gonna you, European I'm, I'm tour.
1: Go, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sit there and lie for Jim. I'm not going to sit here and lie for myself. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, this is the true story. Of everything, uh, first of all, Hulk Hogan was having trouble out of Jim over there. Oh. Okay, at times he they had an argument back and forth. Okay, that night we was down in a little bar. I was over there uh, playing the piano. I was playing the piano and just, and folks was just loving to me playing, you know, young ladies and guys was around and I was just over there playing away. And then at the bar, it was Jim Troy, Sean Michaels, and another referee. I can't remember his name. Well, Troy and, 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 and Michaels got into it. The people, Was all moving the tables out of the way and stuff like that, and and then the lady ran over to me. Said, "Coco, can you mind going over there? Your buddies are getting ready to fight. Can you stop them? You know, we don't know what how to do this. We don't know nothing about that. You know." So I went up. So I I just stopped playing the piano. And meantime, when I went over there. Well, Jim Troy was all in Shawn Michaels' face. Well, they was in each other's face, spitting back and forth each other and going on, and Troy was just going crazy. I, uh, I won't ever forget it, just exact words. So, excuse me if I, if, uh, if I say something. Troy was going, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you fucking wrestlers. Y'all make me so fucking sick. You know what? I got to babysit y'all fucking ass. Vince man pays me a lot of fucking money to right. babysit you phony ass fucking rassler. And he, he had said, a few you know, cocktails, said, I imagine. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and going on, he said, y'all don't have no fucking guts to do nothing. You know that, you know, I got to, I got to walk y'all around here like fucking babies and shit like that, you know? And so, he told, why why was course, he on
0: that tour anyway? He wasn't. The, he wasn't an agent. Uh, how did he end up yeah. uh, going there anyway?
1: I have no idea. Yeah. And and then finally, when it, and, and he said, "Yeah, you don't." Know, he had his finger pointed. Shawn Michaels spit his face. You don't have no fucking guts to do nothing. You phony ass fucking wrestler. I'm a hockey player. I'm a lot tougher than you fucking wrestlers. Oh boy. No. So, Exact words. Now I'm telling
0: you, I, I'm not lying on it. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and so Sean Michaels was, 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 talking back for him and stuff like that. And he told the referee, get the fuck out of this building. Now get out of this bar. Go, go. And that, that referee, man, he, he ran like crazy because the hotel was just up the hill.
2: Yeah.
1: And, uh, And of course he was he was pushing Michaels around and all that stuff. And and so I came over, I said, come on, guys. Let's let's don't do that in game up here. Let's don't do that in front of these people here. Man, we're gonna get in you guys gonna get in trouble. Come on. Troy looked at me and said, Oh, here's another phony ass fucking wrestler. (laughs) me see if he's got it in the fucking balls, cause this fucking punk won't fight. He won't do nothing. He haul off and slap me.
0: Whoa, yeah.
1: And when he did that, I said, "Oh, well, you got a wrestler now. He's getting ready to knock the hell out of you." And I'm a, hey, I, Sean, I still have the mark on my left palm of my hand right now, where I. I hit him so hard I went down and and and, and a beer bottle was cracked was, was fell on the floor and busted and I cut my hand my palm of my hand right now you know um right then and I still have the mark to uh to show for it mm-hmm. so here it is I'm you know now I'm on, now I am on Troy I am whooping his ass big time
0: <laughs> Game so he
1: found it. Finally, gets up. He runs out of the bar. I'm bleeding like a damn stuck hog. Then, and then I jump, and the Troy jumps into a, a taxi. I'm chasing the damn taxi up the hill. Mm. So I chased I ran all the way up the hill, and, and I I kind of stopped. And the taxi, Troy, and them they went on. Mm. So I went inside the hotel, and uh, I uh, I called Marty. Marty Gennetti,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I said, Marty, I finally got hold of Marty. I said, come down to the lobby, Marty come down to the lobby. And I said, uh, man, that Jim Troy was jumping on Sean and Sean wouldn't even fight back or do nothing, whatever I'm talking about. He spitted all his Sean face shoving on him and everything. And and Marty, Marty asked the, uh, the clerk there at the hotel, where's Jim Troy's keys at to the hotel. So he didn't move fast enough. Marty jumped over behind the desk, just jumped over and was helping the guy to find the keys. Where's the damn keys at? Where's the keys at? Uh, and he finally got, found the keys and me and Marty went to Jim Troy's room, open opened his door and Marty just took everything in Jim Troy's room and just tore it up, lamps, everything mm-hmm. just closed. When he, said, when he comes back, he said, it's, his, his place is going to be in a wreck. And then, then Marty came, uh, Marty, uh, came back up. We, well, we came back up to the lobby and of course this lobby was where you had the reception, the, the clerk's desk. And then you had the you had a kitchen to it, right.
2: Yeah. Where
1: you can, you can check in and then you just walk down a little bit. There's a breakfast room and stuff like that. So me and Marty was sitting in the lobby and, and, uh, Guess who came in the door? Jim Troy. Oh, man. When Jim Troy came through the door, I said, Troy, it's not over yet, man. And me and him got to fighting right there in the kitchen, right there in that kitchen. I'm talking about, I, I knocked I knocked Troy over some tables, everything. When I got him down, I just stayed on him. I punched him and punched him and, and punched him and punched him to, uh, Sean, I knocked him completely out. I knocked him completely out. I left so him laying on. You top pretty much,
0: much lost it at this point. I Maybe mean, were you I mean you think yes, I could good pre- thing. I pretty much guy? lost it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. I, I pretty much lost it. And then Sean Michaels turned around. Here come here come here come Sean Michaels through the door. Then Marty turned around and slap slapped slapped the hell out of Sean uh three or four times for not fighting back. Uh. And so the next morning, so no, no, wait a minute, back up. So now I go what to did, my what room. What did Sean say? Why did he say he didn't, uh, he didn't go after? Oh, I, I don't know. He was, Marty was just on his butt. Marty is from and, and Sean didn't want, he didn't even want to talk to me. He didn't even want to talk about it no more. Cause he knew, he knew I fought, I fought that for, him. I fought his fault, you know, his fight for. Him. And so, yeah. so here it is. Uh, so we get i get i go back to my hotel that my room that night so i called back up to the front desk i said kid i said kid, do you have a doctor on hand he finally got me a doctor that came there and sold my palm of my hand up sold it up and uh he said now don't move it." he put put a brace on it where I could bend my fingers and nothing like that. And he said, you got to keep this on cause you might lose his finger. If you don't, he said, you tend to, you almost lost, you lost your finger. Wow. And, and, uh, and, uh, so I still see, I still see it right now, but it's not as bad. But, uh, and he's, but he sold me up in the room the next morning, got up, uh, Pat Patterson called me. Mm -hmm. He said, Coco. Golly, what happened last night? I told Pat the same thing. He said, golly, have you seen Jim Troy? I said, no, Pat. I said, "Uh, he caused all of this. He caused everything, Pat. Pat said, Coco, oh, my God, you black both his eyes and all that stuff. He said, man, he is so swollen. It's unbelievable. I said, well, Pat, he he calls for that. I mean, I couldn't even, He He slapped me around and all that stuff, Pat. And uh, I said, I, it wasn't my fight. It was him and Shawn Michaels. I went over and tried to break him up, Pat, and he turned around and slapped me.
2: Mm-hmm. He said, oh,
1: my God. He said, Vince is sending him home. But he got to wait for his wife to come over. She just landed, getting off the plane to meet him over here. And wow. she got to turn around and go back home. Man, Because Vince told him to go home. So that night in Paris, so we, we take the bus ride.
2: Yeah.
1: So that night in Paris, Terry Garvin comes over his Coco, Vince is on the phone. He wants to talk to you. I said, okay. So Vince gets on the phone. Coco. What the fuck is wrong with you fucking beating up my fucking executive and all that fucking shit? I can't fucking believe it. Mm -hmm. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, he said, what I want you to do, I want you to pack your your goddamn bags, the exact words, pack your goddamn bags and go home. Go home. Just go fucking home. I just sent Troy home and all that stuff. I said, wait a minute, Vince, don't you hey, don't you want to hear my story?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, don't you want to hear my story, Vince? So I really got pissed off at him, too. I said, don't you want to hear my story? I said, first of all, I told him, I said, your executive came up there, and, and uh, I said, it wasn't my fight. I was playing the piano. Him and Sean Michaels into it. He was over there slapping on Sean, and I told him, y'all, stop it. Then he going to turn around and slap me. What I I supposed to do, Vince? Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Well, you didn't have no business beating the goddamn hell out of him and all that. And he said, that's why I sent him home. Because I can't have my executive wants to be a wrestler. And I can't have a wrestler who wants, wants to beat my executive's ass and stuff like that. I said, well, your executive, is he the one called for it, Vince. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you now, he stopped me. I said, Vince, if I slap you, Vince. Right now, if I slap you, what you gonna do, Vince? What you gonna do to me? Mm -hmm. You gonna oh you gonna be like Jesus Christ, turn your other cheek? Vince said, Coco, just go home. Just fucking go home. That's the only thing he could say. Yeah. Well, I talked to Hogan, called Hogan up, told him, I Terry, I guess I'm fired. Vince want me to go home and all this stuff. Cause so I beat the me and Troy got into it. And it wasn't my fight. I mean, he slapped me. And then Hulk said, "I tell you what, I get you back. Don't you worry about you coming back. I'm gonna mm-hmm. talk to Vince. If you don't come back, I'm gonna quit."
0: Wow, he said that. But huh? Hogan
1: said that's what mm-hmm. Hogan called me and told me. He said, "If you, he don't bring you back, I'm going to quit." Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, he brought me back and he kept me around for a little while. And then uh, he came out with some, came up with, uh, told the guys he got the switch talent. You know, we're going to bring in some new faces and all that stuff. And right there that night in Madison Square Garden, they was passing out booking sheets. And this was about four or five months down the road. And uh, my name wasn't on the booking sheet. So I went in there to his room. I said, Vince, I said, um, did somebody print them. Did somebody make a mistake and not have me? I'm not booked on both. At that time, we were running two towns a night, a
0: yeah. day
1: or whatever. I said, I'm not booked on either town. He said, he said what's the matter? I said, what's the matter? He said, where, well, Coco? I got I to weave some of you guys out. And, uh, you just happen to be one of them and stuff like that. And some more going to be weaved out and all that. I said, events well, Vince, without a notice, you remember you think it was everybody. You give me two weeks notice. I give you two weeks notice business, you know, Coco, I'm sorry, you know, business is business, you know, I, yeah. I'm just, 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 you know, this way I, this way I'm doing it. So he, when I left. That's how I left WWE, I think it was like 93 or whatever, without a notice, or anything, just completely cut and dry. Yeah,
0: yeah. well, and you know, that's, that's, uh, unfortunately, that's the nature of the business, but you you had.
1: That's uh, what he said. Yeah. Exactly. See there, yeah. Sean? You just said exactly what Vince McMahon said. Uh, didn't I Pope sound Koda just like him, picture, too? <laughs> yes, you sound just like him. So I think trip. it must have been Vince McMahon. I think you, 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 you must have a little part of Vince McMahon in you for saying that, because <laughs> man, you said you couldn't say it any better. Wow! No, but
0: the thing is, Coco, it is. It's 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 cutthroat. It is. Like I said, uh, the wrestlers they're independent contractors, and they when they they use you up, then they just say okay. The door is closed, and if I know, they meet you, they bring you back.
1: Yes, I understand that, yeah. but also he gave you he gave you this little contract thing. Said, "Hey, for us to leave, it's good to give them two weeks notice, and we yeah. give you two weeks notice." Yeah. It didn't say we don't have to give you two weeks notice. Yeah. So you know, but it, but it's his bottle game. So he he play, he makes he makes
0: the rules up as they go yeah um and but but during that time when you came, not it was like 89 90 whatever but uh one one good part about that time was that you teamed up with Owen Hart and I know that he was somebody that you got close with
1: yeah i got close with 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 Owen what happened jim Neidhart messed up was was messing up uh, the they're tagging yeah. for some reason. I guess, you know, they, he wasn't showing up at the shows or something, but they was telling me and all that stuff. And then golly, God bless his heart. Bobby Heenan. He, yeah. he, the one who created the high, en- high energy. Yeah. He came up with, with the high energy and stuff like that. And I'm the one came up after with the big bag, you know, after they, they gave us these big baggy pants. Of course, Owen Hart and, and Nighthawk was wearing the baggy pants with the checkerboards uh, yeah, yeah. socks on. And uh, so uh, I would I would just make, make it more interesting. I thought that more show, just whatever, when Owen Hart tagged me, I come in, raise my tights all the way up to my chest, and like, I'm like, boy, I'm really, I'm really doing something. Like It was just like Jerry King Law pulling his strap down. I'm pulling my tights up.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, so, but that got over real, real good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the people loved it. In fact, you know what? We Did you know we was the first black and white, you know, black, you know. Tag team? Tag team together. Yeah. Really? Wow. We was first. We. We was the first black and white in WWE huh
0: the, uh No Coco and I, I we didn't really get a chance to talk about this a whole lot but you know when you came up uh what was it like in the business for a black man and and was there uh was it difficult did you do you were there you know blatant ex, you know experience of of racism or was was it different? Did you really feel like that you were, you know, if you could do what you did in the ring, you were treated fairly or was it not, was it not balanced?
1: Well, I just, you know what? Uh, I'm sure it was, it, it was racial back then, but I didn't, never I never did see that Sean, because I wanted, I wanted to be that superstar. I, I wasn't looking at it. They using me because I was black and all that stuff. I won't use me because, I had that talent, to, you know, to draw money, you know, to, and stuff like that. And and I was I was more hungry. I never, you know, I have I've heard guys say something about that, you know, uh, but I never, you know, and and I'm sure I'm sure it was like anything else that it, it went on. Some some whites didn't like Coco beware, and there might be some whites I didn't like them, and then and there were some blacks. That I didn't like, and there were some blacks that didn't like me. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but I, I just didn't sit there and get molded to that attitude of of, of that racial. Well, they not using me cause cause I'm black. Well, number one, wrestling is a white man's sports anyway, mm-hmm. and and we started out, and and uh, but we have we have we have talent there that have turned a lot of black guys. I mean, a lot of black talents have really turned wrestling around.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, they they. It's always been a white man's sports, and they and but they they never have had too many black guys on the card. That's just been the nature of business. I I don't know. I don't I mean again. I say that, but it just it, it never have. You know, world champions. How many world champions? You know, but do you feel that
0: uh, and it sounds like at least along the way, I mean you, you know, lawler didn't seem to he he looked at your talent. it had nothing to do with color uh right, and uh, you know I what I so say- these other guys and whether or not they had their own personal feelings, whatever it was, but it it seemed that if you were good, then you were going to you're going to do well i mean j y d was 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 gigantic in mid uh you know, and right. Do you feel that it was? It's a profession that really, if you had the talent, it didn't matter.
1: Well, you know what? They they never have told me that. I never. What I'm saying, they never have came out and said "We don't. We we we're not. Uh, we're not using black wrestlers." Mm. We that never was told to me. Yeah. We I'm talking about. I don't care. We, we, no we don't we don't want any we don't want any black on the card now I don't know what they're saying in their private meetings mm-hmm. because I wasn't in there but and, you never say and, you blatantly
0: and, experienced it right okay uh but do you feel though and and uh you know you you look back we're talking decades uh do you feel that in some ways you were among those who blazed the trail for for uh you know blacks in this business for black americans as you like to refer to yourself as uh, uh i mean are, and are you proud of that
1: i'm proud of what i did
0: but i and mean I what tried, about I for others though, coco i mean really uh like you said there wasn't there weren't uh a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, black americans in in professional wrestling and you came up through a very difficult time uh when when this business was you know, changing dramatically. Uh, right. Do you look back? I mean, and, 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 you know, like I said, are you proud of that, 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 uh, I'm sure there's a lot of these young men that are in the business that come up and look at what you did.
1: Well, see, I was trying to set that role model. I was trying to be that role model for, for everybody. Huh. Right. And, That's great. and, uh, because, uh, I know if I got that opportunity, they could get the same thing. Mm-hmm. And all they had to do is get out there and work for it. They saw something in me, Sean, that that I felt that hey, this was part of my life. And and it just looked like heart a heart reaches the other heart. Mm-hmm. God had the God had another heart. His heart, my heart, touched touched somebody else's heart, somebody mm-hmm. else's heart, and 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 uh, that's and that's what that's what I that's what I was just trying was 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 trying to do. First of all, I had to make sure I got myself, you know, established. I had mm-hmm. I had to set the pace myself, and then I could reach out to the young generation that's coming up not because I'm not just saying the black generation. I'm talking about the white and just the generation period.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, because I want to be that, I want to be that role model for them and say a little man don't have a chance. Yes, he does too. It's what a little man's got to offer. What does a little man have to offer? You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna get in the ring with Andre and John and beat him with one, two, three in the middle of the ring. There's no way in the world I'm gonna get in the ring with Andre and John and let Andre and John throw me all over, the place like I'm a sack of potatoes and stuff like that, and and and, and, and take his big ass and set on him and beat me one, two, three. Yeah. You know because I'm the mosquito and Andre is 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 the giant. All
0: right. But so. Yeah, but you could step in that ring.
1: But you I could he, step in that ring and, and give him a and, and hell of still, a match. <laughs> and give, him, give Andre a hell of a match. And uh, for yeah. People are going to believe that that opportunity. I give Coco beware of the guts and have the guts to step in yeah. the ring with him and did what he did. Yeah. So that's, well, you know, that's uh, what... Go ahead. I said, but that's... that's that was, that was my thinking every time I stepped in the ring, yeah. you know, to entertain the people, go out there and, and make it, hey, this is my last match. Yeah.
0: And, you know, uh, and Coco, you've had, a, a, I guess, uh, you know, a contentious relationship with the WWE, some great, some not so great uh, times. But in April of 2009, you were inducted into the, the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, what did that mean to you?
1: Well, son, it meant a whole lot to me. Yeah. It took them 20 years to do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But you know what? Hey, I I couldn't, I couldn't say nothing. And uh, because I know a lot of fans have sent me mail and stuff, and they was praying, and they was calling in, if they called in, mm-hmm. about the Hall of Fame. Why come you can't induct Coco Beware where and why come you can't do this, put him in there and all that stuff, him and Frankie and all that. And so, you know, it was a long time. I was, I was way overdue. I should have been in there way before some of the guys, uh, even some of the guys in Memphis, I should have been in there way before Jerry Lawler because I was there before he was. Yeah.
0: But you stood on that stage, Coco. And but I'm when, still, when but you I'm you still there, on
1: that stage. Yeah. But I'm still it, on the yeah. stage, you, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. And what did it mean to you when you stood up there? Uh, what do you remember thinking?
1: Well, you know what? Just thinking about Union City, Tennessee. That I achieved everything in life. I achieved, I'm talking about everything I did. I set that goal out to be a professional wrestler. This little black boy again. Here it is on the platform on national TV being crowned as a Hall of as a WWE Hall of Famer. And that just made me feel so good. And I and I just thanked all my people back at home, the of the people around the world again, the WWE, uh thank you you guys, you announcers, Sean, all your announcers and everybody that last Russell Dave Brown, the one that put me over, that, that built me up to people that that, that uh, didn't know me, the way y'all talk, hey, he's incredible. You ought to see Coke beware. Oh my God. You know what? And all of that, man, was just that package deal was just was just soaking in, man. And I would never forget that. And because uh you guys, you, you guys did it for me. And 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 uh, and and then and when I got that, when I got crowned, I just said, man, it didn't. It didn't matter how many belts I I, I had. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't matter no more. You could put me up there with Michael Jordan. You could put me up there with Larry Bird. Mm. You could put me up there with God with all those Hall of Famers, the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, the Country Western Hall of Famers, the Gospel Hall of Famers. You put me up there with all of them now. Yeah. My name well, is you, up there with them.
0: Yeah, and you think about really. The thousands and thousands and thousands of professional wrestlers, uh, there are not thousands in the WWE Hall of Fame, and it's only the best of the best. And uh, right, and Coco, you did it. You know, you did, it. and it's, it's and you know, it's I, and, and
1: I and, and I love that, Sean. But yeah. I'm the thing I, I wish, Sean, I wish, I wish WWE could go back and get. There's a lot of good wrestlers, great wrestlers out there that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Great announcers out there, like yourself, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame and, and, and need to be crowned. You definitely need to be crowned. Instead of just getting anybody like Mike Tyson or uh, 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 Snoop Dogg and stuff like that, yeah. they have no business in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah, They don't care nothing about, about wrestling. They just yes, pay them the money. They mm-hmm. Maybe a good car, uh, car draw. Uh, they can draw money. You know, car draw. Drawers. I can't even get it together now. I'm so excited. <laughs> but you know, you put them on the card. It's fine. But but we're talking about wrestlers. It's out there that that blood, sweat, and tears that that made help made this business. Yeah. You know. Uh, I mean that this using uses Snoop Dogg and. And, and Mike Tyson and stuff like that. And Pete Rose, they don't put us in the, in, into, uh, in their hall of fame. Yeah. You know, well, I'll tell let you, the the dogs- w- yeah,
0: yeah. But the wwes they got time to get it right. But, uh, Coco, I'm, I'm glad you're in there. Cause you certainly deserve to be there. And, uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's really been great catching up to you. Uh, I, I know you do some appearances, but you know, Coco, we got a lot of people who listen to this podcast who. uh, would love to get in touch with you. What, what's the best way that people can reach you? I don't know if you've got, you do Twitter or do you have an email? Uh, how can people reach you?
1: I know there's people uh, you know there what? That like to
0: have you uh, do appearances too. Uh,
1: just, I don't really, I don't, uh, shout out, I, I don't really try to do uh, email uh, and stuff like that. I just, I mean, I just kind of stay away from it. I'm just old school. I just, yeah. I let my kids do all that for me and stuff like that, and uh, <laughs> but most of it all, I, I work with the young generation of, of 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 the wrestlers all around the world, and 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 that's it, it, just part of it, you know. I just I really really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to to you know to talk to the wrestling fans because a lot of them don't they want to know what happened to Coco? Beware, yeah. is he still around or stuff like that? where Frankie and all that stuff, you know, uh, it was yeah, what just, happened it to Frankie? Was,
0: just uh, cause I know people do wonder. I know he lived for a long time.
1: Yeah. He lived for a long time. It just, it just, uh, one Sunday afternoon, uh, my house, uh, that we was renting caught a fire and Frankie That's was right. left at yeah. home and, yeah. and the, and the house burned and stuff yeah, like that. So his that. And, yeah. And so, you know, this. But I have Frankie Jr. out, though. I have Frankie Jr. He's a carbon copy of Frankie. I mean, you won't know the difference. And I just should have said I still have Frankie because this Frankie Jr. that I have, he is so tame. I'm talking about he's he's more tame than Frankie Sr. Yeah. Well, those and, birds uh,
0: live a long time, right?
1: Well, they'll live to be 100 years old. You have to put them in your wheel. <laughs> They're like the tortoises that people get. Yeah. yeah. All right. and so, you know, so... But, but it was it was it's it it most definitely good to to be on your be on your on, on this here Sean on your show and stuff man golly I hadn't I, you know what I tell him somebody about you I said man I hadn't talked to Sean Moody in so long golly and and, and they got to say what well, I have this number no. I said I tried to call you I think when we was in somewhere in New Jersey yeah. I believe yeah. and uh, man you know so. Uh, I just really take my hat off to you, and, and and God bless you and your family. And and man, I'm just you know I just want to say to to the to the world, uh, thank you all again. Even with even WWE, I mean, I don't I don't hate you. I don't like things some of the things that you you don't do for us and stuff like that. But I don't hate you. I love you to death, and I'm not I never say nothing bad about uh, WWE at all because you know i'm telling you they still i would love to go back there just one one time and, and be with the new day and can you imagine coco beware with the new day yeah oh uh, awesome. along with frankie oh my god we got the
0: storyline all worked out guys so <laughs> <Coco's> ready. <laughs> all right my friend i am so glad that we got a chance to catch up i'd love i'm going to have you back i hope down the road but uh let's stay in touch but it's been all awesome. right
1: sean thank, thank you brother.
0: All right, Coco, take care. Wow, a great conversation with Coco Beware. I have to tell you, I did not expect him to go into such detail on some of those questions I asked him, but he is one candid individual and really I loved uh, hearing some of those stories. A lot of those details I had even forgotten about. It was awesome hearing from Coco Beware, a Hall of Famer with the WWE Uh, we've got our tees you've got to check out the tees at ProWrestlingTees.com get your Sean Mooney hood t-shirt the ding 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 or of course the uh, show logo so check out ProWrestlingTees.com then search Primetime with Sean Mooney and check out those shirts we'd love to have you purchase a few of those Uh, you can contact remember we're doing the bonus show so uh, email me at primetime at MLW.com and let us know what you'd like to have included in that bonus program and like us on Facebook. Remember i to give away that DVD. So get to it folks. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. I'm out.